Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Do so a favor and do me a favor too. Go download the ESPN MT app. Great way to watch Grizz hockey tonight, 8.30 and tomorrow, 8 o'clock. Back at home, puck drops, Glacier Ice Rink each of the next two nights. Also a great way to follow along to this show, live and archived. And also, Go get yourself subscribed to the Nuanez Now podcast, which is probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. What's the old saying? Those that can do, those that can't teach. <laughs> That's where we're at right now with our NFL uh, picks from this last weekend. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. ESPN Radio, Nuanez Now. Nuanez times two. Brooks Nuanez, our NFL betting guru, as well as uh, SkylineSportsMT.com, joining us here on the radio airwaves. Uh, this is where the uh, the sports betting world be- becomes mystifying and a little bit frustrating. Because it's one thing to have bad beats, where the lines that the Vegas gives you, all of a sudden, you know, you got a backdoor cover, or, you know, it's a two-and-a-half-point deal, and it's a one-point game, or whatever. But most often, we are telling you to tease, no matter if it's the over-under or the betting line or whatever. So then when you tease it one way or the other and you're points and points away from the actual betting spread, then it's just pure bad luck <laughs> when you're losing anyways. If we were just picking winners last week, I think we probably would have gone, what, five of six? Uh, but a uh, couple tough ones, particularly the Miami Dolphins, only losing by three to the Buffalo Bills, but that's why it's all fun. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. There is betting kiosks across the great uh, state of Montana. Visit Sportsbet Montana's website. Click on locations, and you can find a Sportsbet uh, machine near you. Uh, what's up? How are you feeling after the uh, the last weekend? I got a microphone, and I'm hot and dangerous. <laughs> it, uh, it's funny, because just straight up analyzing the NFL and picking games is a little bit different than uh, finding the sweet spots on the numbers. And I think that's what we're, uh, we're learning. And uh, last week was, it was crazy. I think it shows you, though, when it's a one-game scenario, win and you move on, lose, you go home, how really, truly close every team in the NFL is. Like, you can say the Bills are a 13-win team, the Dolphins are a 9-win team without their starting quarterback on the third-string quarterback. Still, when you play really hard, you're, you're going to be in the mix. Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, John Harbaugh, Advantage Zach Taylor in that game against the Bengals too. It's just I thought it was striking to see just how competitive all the games were, at least for moments in time. And that's the NFL in a nutshell. It is the NFL in a nutshell. And I was surprised too, Colter. In the the first one or two weeks of the season, I think that there's some favorites that you can kind of hammer, um, especially in college football. I love that first week of, of games. FBS teams are playing FCS teams. I hit a 12 team parlay the first week of the, of the college season this year. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. It was yeah, like yeah. five for 164 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there's just so many mismatches in the NFL playoffs, it 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 
you would assume the wild card round when they add the seventh seed would have one or two of those games be a blowout just because you have a team that's fringe playoff team, historically not a playoff team, that's playing the two seed, which historically has gotten a bye. Right. That is a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty large advantage. And we only saw the Niners take care of business. And that game was close the whole first half against the Seahawks. Um, the rest of the games were tight as it gets, Colton. I lost $680 on bills at three and a half. Teased them down from 10 and a half. I couldn't go anymore. I couldn't buy any more points. Of course, I want to tease through the three. You never end on three and a half. Why would you do that? Get value. Stop at five and a half. I'm trying to buy all the insurance I can, Coco. <laughs> half a point for a, a grand almost. So sign me up. Here we go. Divisional rounds. Divisional rounds. We're going to have four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We'll get to that in a minute. But before we talk about the numbers, let's just talk about the flat results. Um, we'll just start at the beginning of the playoffs from this last weekend. The uh, The Niners seem like the surest bet of the weekend. And uh, then you're thinking with the weather conditions in San Francisco. Yeah, I, those meteorologists are all over that one. <laughs> 75 and sunny. I know, right? Like the pregame hits for the guys on the on the TV, especially from like the, the Niners specific coverage and stuff. You got the rain jackets on and the hoods up and the wind's blowing and they can hardly even do it. They build it as a monsoon. And then it's like just totally normal. So you bet the under, okay, whatever. So that aside though, just from a pure football standpoint, first of all, I said this yesterday, the Niners make me so happy because they prove that if you just have all the heavyweight champions of the world on a team, you still can win. Yeah. As modern as the NFL is, if you still got the toughest SOBs in the league at the toughest positions, you can still have a championship-level football team, and that's what the Niners got, whether it's George Kittle or Kyle Juszczyk or Fred Warner or Nick Bosa or whatever. You can go down the line. The, the dirty work positions, they got some of, if not the best guys at all of them, and that's pretty impressive. And then you add in a guy who I think is pretty darn good in Brock Purdy. But he's also getting elevated play because he has so much talent around him, and they have one of the best coaches in the NFL. The Niners, uh, it was interesting at halftime because the Seahawks were playing all the way above their heads, especially in a divisional game. But then they caught fire and they ran away with it. And uh, to me, the Niners are the favorite in the NFC. Yeah, I think the Niners are, you know, the Brock Purdy thing, it's got to catch up sometime. But I think he might be a transcending guy. Like, he might be their quarterback of the future. I I, I don't know where they're going to go. So this is what Coach Marty always says. Coach Marty Mornowig says, that when Brock Purdy was drafted last April, at that exact moment, the San Francisco 49ers were fully expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to move on, to, to get back from his injury, and then they'd trade him. Like like Coach Marty says, the Niners drafted Brock Purdy to be their number two behind Trey Lance. Right. You don't draft quarterbacks to – you don't draft a third quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so – they liked him enough, at least, to think he's their number two, a guy worth having in their organization and developing. So I think that that's part of the narrative. It's also really funny. Like, the media always globs on to Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, the last guy drafted? Well, make no mistake. If you get drafted, period, you're so good, especially if you're a skill player like a quarterback. And later in the draft, too, you have four, five, six, seven, all all rounds after the third round. Those teams that are passing on you would draft you if they needed you. Right. But it's like you got drafted in the fourth to seventh round. There was two options. There's two slots right. available, and you were one of them out of all those guys. Totally. And so I think Brock Purdy is pretty good. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. It's funny because he's he's he looks like he's in seventh grade. He's got this underdog story. And so the media is like, this is the part that's so interesting to me about the NFL and also so funny about the NFL 
is they force feed certain really palatable storylines to the to the masses, and they can sometimes do it at such a high level that they dece- they they make you question what you see with your own eyes. Like they're telling you this guy's playing way above his head. Blah blah blah. I mean, Brock Purdy just looks pretty good to me, right? Like he, he's. I'd take Brock Purdy over a lot of guys. He's not in that top upper like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes type echelon, but he's. I mean, I'd ta- I'd take him over guys like Kirk Cousins. Hundred percent. He's really good. Um, he's super mobile. That's the part that's unique. He's kind of like really athletic. Kind of seems like a baseball guy to me, if that makes sense. I could see him being a, you know, center fielder, uh, shortstop kind of guy. Um, Purdy's really good. Also, I think that the system is really good. Um, yes. It's it's not as analytically driven as a lot of things in the NFL. They kind of just run a you know the Shanahan system, but they also kind of like catch momentum and build on it and like actually you know coach to their players, not just to the stats or the book or the analytics. Um, and I think the underlying story, obviously, we we would be remiss to say that they traded for the best running back in the NFL. Exactly. For the best running team in the NFL. Yeah, so and then they had a guy who was a top 15 running back in Elijah Mitchell, who's now a one-two punch. He's very often going to outrush McCaffrey on, this, on a 17-game season. Yeah. Uh, and so you have the best running back in the league, and then you have a, a one-two punch. Uh, pretty impressive, man. Nuaz, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you here. Uh, on your radio dial, Brooks Duana's all football all the time, presented by Sports Bet Montana. Go to Sports Bet Montana's website and uh, click on locations if you want to find a kiosk near you or get the uh, Sports Bet Montana app in your life as well to keep up with all the numbers, all the betting lines, po- point spreads, money lines, all that sort of stuff. Last point of the Niners, it. Uh, First of all, if you have a great offensive line, with which the Niners do, anchored by one of the best offensive linemen in the league in Trent Williams, and then you have a great defense, that helps a young quarterback as well. But I also think the fact that they aren't analytics-based, they're just feel-based. I, I guess I was watching this game with with our good buddy Kyle Sample, who's a, our resident Niners fan, and we were watching this and we were thinking, it, if you're the Montana Grizzlies... And you have this idea of what you want your program identity to be about. Why don't you just watch the San Francisco 49ers and just try to replicate that? Yeah, easier said than done. But <laughs> well, for I, sure. I, I but totally agree. No, I, I understand. Especially conceptually, you know, right. running what they like to run with, with pre-snap motion, uh, with the tight end power pairs, and with, with, you know, adding extra blockers, and then, you know, a little bit of getting eyes, especially in the, in the second level, um, defenders' eyes mixed up with just some action in the backfield. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it takes a lot of practice. I don't, I don't, I would say the Niners' practices with the repetition they probably run through are not quite as fun as some of the other practices around. Absolutely. Um, let's talk then about the, uh, the Saturday night game. This is the one that really hurts you if you were a better, if you went with the Chargers, because they were like the one enticing road team that had a pretty good number attached to them. Uh, you and I actually both went with the Chargers like plus three and a half, and that actually ended up working out. Uh, but what did you think of the way that Trevor Lawrence was able to overcome four interceptions in the first half, three in the first quarter, and uh, Jacksonville coming back? And then now, I mean, they're one of the hottest teams in the league. I don't subscribe to some of the cliches that people use a lot. One of them is, well, I couldn't have played it any worse. I actually really like that one. Um, 
What do you got to lose? You've thrown four picks. You're down 27 to nothing. I mean, let, just let it rip. Who cares, right? Like totally. you're already like completely embarrassed yourself and your team on national television. Like you kind of have nowhere to go but up. So I like that mentality. Um, Doug Peterson has a coaching style that is one play, one first down, one stop. Those kind of things really do uh, correlate to a comeback win like that. And obviously, I'm really surprised Brand Staley still has his job so, Job as the Chargers head coach. They fired their OC today. They fired the OC, fired the quarterback's coach. But, um, you know, that was a bad loss. Um, it was a bad loss. Luckily, my Montana sports bet let me tease it down to three and a half, mm-hmm. and I hung on to some cash there. But um, And for any of those out there who don't love the concept of the tease, which I understand, do your research, nail the number. You don't have to buy points. Uh, it's, to me, it's insurance, and it's for me to enjoy a football game that I don't have a ton of insight to, a game that is under a field goal. Yeah. Um, I did think the Jaguars could win that game. I just didn't think they were going to blow them out. I did think the Chargers could blow them out, so I'm buying insurance there for a little tip. The uh, Andrew Houghton, our, our guy behind the glass, our producer here at ESPN Radio and also a contributor at SkylineSportsMT.com, he covered Trevor Lawrence in high school for a couple of years, and I thought he had a great perspective. He said, you know, so often in sports, we always want to believe in the narrative that one thing leads to the other, and it's like all this ebbs and flows of this emotional roller coaster and stuff. And he said some people, like Tiger Woods is a great example of this, or or Trevor Lawrence is a great example of this. What happened before and what's happening after has nothing to do with what's happening now. Yeah, sure. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks, not because he threw four and then one, two, three, four. He just threw four picks. Some were tipped. Some were tipped multiple times. Right. Yeah, it just is what it is. It doesn't like doesn't it, really it wasn't this crazy overcoming of adversity because he's a robot, right? Like Ray Andrews said, he's going to throw the fifteen yard out better than anybody in the history of the world every single time you ask him to, except for one time. Nine out of ten, perfect. One out of ten, not. And it's a, a completely mutually exclusive event when that occurs. Sure, uh, it, it's interesting to see because he has that going forward right now. When does you know the man versus the machine, right? Like when does the machine break you? When do you become unsteady? How do you not you know? Can you maintain your robotic status forever? I don't know. It'll be interesting. But he now that we're we're sitting here with this, he endured one of the most toxic coaching situations in the history of the league in Urban Meyer. Now he's got a good coach. They struggled the first half of the season. Now they turned the corner. Would you say that they're on schedule uh, with where you thought that uh, the team that drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall would be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they Urban Meyer year was kind of a flushed year. I don't think a lot of guys got developed in that program the way that they'd hoped to, the way that the you know the team would hope that they were. But guys that were a little bit behind schedule are now back on schedule, like the defensive end Josh Allen, um, you know, who's an impressive body. They take uh, Trayvon Allen, right? Trayvon Allen. Josh Allen. Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. Walker. Trayvon Walker, sorry. Yeah, totally. Um, this defensive lineman who's now playing on the edge out of Georgia, number one overall last year. So they have these additional pieces that you really, you know, hoped would come to fruition. I want to make that point real quick too, Coulter, that, you know, Trevor Lawrence definitely played well in that second half and was such a big contributor, but the Jags defense won that game. D- totally. And, and that's been, you know, that's, that's the other part about the NFL narrative in which we always center it upon the quarterback, and that's the underrated part about the Jags. They're nasty on defense. I mean, they, they have a good, I don't know, top 10 defense. I don't know if they're a top five, but they're, they're good. Yeah, they have some pieces for sure. They have um, some pieces for yeah, sure. And they'll be, able to, they'll be able to compete. You know, they're going into Kansas City this week, which will be a tough game. But the line is relatively high, and depending on where it finishes, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags cover. Off football all the time. Sportsbet Montana. Go get that Sportsbet Montana app. Uh, in your life, uh, great way to follow along to all the lines. Uh, how about then the uh, the Sunday slate? Um, 
<laughs> I made the point yesterday, so I'll let you re- I, I took your point, and so I'll just make, let you make it again. Uh, Josh Allen is uh, quite, the, quite the roller coaster. Yeah, that's one way to call it. He's absolutely 30, volatile. 30 interceptions or fumbles this year. I saw most every single one of them. 30. Yeah, ask my bank account <laughs> how many fumbles Josh Allen has this year. Plays completely reckless. Um, they play rec- reckless with him, too. They that's play reckless with him. They, in, they empower him to be reckless. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, it's cocky. It's at this level, it's almost arrogance to the point of like, no one can really stop me because I'm a superhuman athlete and everyone can stop them. I mean, right. they are my least, the Chiefs have lost me more money, but the Bills are the hardest thing to bet this entire year. Yeah. Vegas loves them. That's the issue. You guys have yeah. heard that on other podcasts. You've heard people say that. It is true. Vegas inflates their line because of their blowout ability and they have not blown out anyone in weeks, in months. Totally. Well, because they have a guy who's who's at his best a top-five quarterback, but is, is, I totally agree, volatile and at sometimes a liability. They have a great defense, and, and that's part of why they have the ability to blow people up. But it's, it is. It's it's few and far between that they're actually able to do that. I want to know where the bill, what do the Bills do? Run the football more? They, that's the funniest part about them is that the identity of the whole team is so skewed because they don't they they they're not good at running the football. Yeah, they aren't, and they they have whiffed on draft pick after draft pick. Devin Singletary whiff, Zach Moss whiff. They draft James Cook this year, brother Dalvin Cook. Now they're starting him. We'll see. It doesn't look like a home run to me. So they keep whiffing there, moving guys in and out. Uh, they have pass catching running backs that they're trying to run power with. It's it, it's uh, they have that position uh, mismanaged. Well, and they also just the the, the free wielding gunslinging style that they play. And like you were saying, when they were throwing the ball down the field, even though they were, they're up seventeen nothing, they had an inability to salt the game away with Miami, and they're just continuing to throw twenty seven yard posts down the middle of the field. But I don't know how you balance it because the only way that Josh Allen can be at his best is by doing that. But it also makes it so that he that's the gives him the highest probability of being at his worst too. I think he's absolutely volatile. I, I think that until he gets his stuff figured out, they have literally close to zero chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I agree. And then, so then it's the uh, eternal question of if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're going to be in the divisional round every year by playing this way, but you're never going to get that much past it. What's the balancing act, right? Like, do you change in risk of not being back to this point, or, or is the only way to get past this point to change? Yeah, I mean, I think that you you continue to build it on defense. They're really missing Micah Hyde at safety this year. Demar Hamlin was his backup, so they're missing both of them playing their third safety there. Jordan Poyer's been hurt parts of this year. Tre'Davious White, corner, one of the best corners in the NFL, comes off at ACL, doesn't come back until week 14 or 15. So if that secondary stays stable, the linebacking core with Matt Milano, Tremont Edmonds is among the best in the entire NFL. Good defensive line, especially up front. They need a pass rusher. That's Vaughn Miller. They're missing him. Uh, out with an ACL this year, about what was that, week five or six. And they're missing some some back-end help. I think that you have to win with defense. I don't know if you're going to play like this with Josh Allen, which you have to. I don't know if you're ever going to commit to running the football the way that they should. So you have to, you're going to have to win on defense. They're going to get in shootouts endlessly. And to put a defense with that kind of stature and that kind of talent in a position where they have to hold teams under 30 points because they're, they're just getting barraged with offensive snaps and they're out there a ton, it's not a way that you really win the Super Bowl. 
I don't want to talk about the Giants and the Vikings. I already screamed about that for an hour yesterday. <laughs> so we'll just move on. Least surprising thing ever. It was the least surprising thing ever. I didn't right? even want to watch it. That's what I said. Is is I I am in a season of vindication. I feel vindicated because Northern Colorado sucks without Bodie Hume. That was one of my bold takes coming into this year. Didn't matter if they had Dalen Koontz and Dalton Neck. I just knew without Bodie Hume, they just weren't going to be as good because they, they don't have the guy that makes the whole thing work. I feel vindicated in Dylan Jones and my opinions of him and uh, voting him for preseason MVP in the Big Sky. I also feel vindicated by saying every single week on this show that the Vikings were not as good as their record, that they were a very average team that was going to be one and done in the playoffs. And here we are. It happened. It came to fruition very easily. The only part that I think you got a little bit wrong, and it's more of a personal opinion of yours, which I agree with the opinion, but I think that it's not Kirk Cousins' fault. The Vikings as a team suck. It wasn't in the... Right, but that's why it's always Kirk Cousins' fault. Because they suck because they pay a a very below-average quarterback $30-plus million a year and they can't sign other players. Oh, they got plenty of them. They suck on defense because they can't sign players because Kirk Cousins... Oh, because they don't have Michael Kendricks and uh, Daniel Hunter and... Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter and Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. Harrison Smith's washed. Patrick Peterson's washed. Michael Kendricks is almost washed. I don't know. They'd be better off being bad. Anyways, regardless, we're moving on <laughs> to the uh, the the game. First of all, what did you think of last night? I actually almost fully missed last night's game because I was covering Big Sky Hoops. First of all, watching the Lady Grizz lose by a million and then uh, watching the Men Grizz give up a 7-0 run down the stretch uh, to lose at Eastern Washington. And uh, everybody lost last night besides, besides Darian White and the Montana State women. Uh, oh, my bets lost too. <laughs> Regardless, what did you think of last night's game? The uh, the Cowboys getting it done. Yeah, I mean the Bucks are, I think, the worst team that made the playoffs by a lot, a lot. Yeah, that was the funniest tweet I saw on Twitter. Somebody tweeted, "Of all the analysis I heard about the Bucks and Cowboys games, the one piece that people forgot to acknowledge was that the Cowboys were by and large pretty good this year, and the Bucks were by and large awful. The Bucks were terrible. <laughs> um, I had them ranked." Um, last week is my fifth worst team in the NFL. Wow. Um, I have teams that I would seriously consider who are beat up like the Rams and sometimes even the Broncos. I think head-to-head, I think the Broncos right now, they go line up next week, smack the Bucks. I think the Broncos are awful. Uh, so the Bucks are bad. They're just bad. The Cowboys looked pretty good. Dak looked good. When Dak looks good, when it's rolling, when he builds on the momentum, Dak's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. There's really no in-between. Um Tony Pollard looked really good. Zeke is, you know, on the last legs of his prime. I thought, you know, defensively that the Cowboys looked pretty good, but Tom Brady was scared, man. He was not trying to play in that game. He's, uh, if Tom Brady comes back next year, my, a betting man, who, which I am, believe it or not, uh, I would bet he does come back. And I think it's absolutely the wrong decision. I think it's time, man. He, I think anyone in his position, like a LeBron James of the world and stuff, if they watch the film on themselves, I don't know how they could say that they're, right. they're going to keep doing it. It totally. looks He looks really old. Um, and that's no knock to being 45. That's This is a young man's game. He's given up the ability to stand in the pocket. And he's given up the want to play football. He wants to play seven on seven. He completed 38 passes. He threw it 64 times yesterday. Oh, man. The only bet I hit was 28 completions. He had 30, <laughs> 33 of them, man. He's 45 years old. Like, bad system, bad organization for what they put up together as a roster and an offense. Brian Leftwich, uh, Byron Leftwich is sliding down the, the ranks of becoming more of an irrelevant OC. Um, and Tom Brady looked washed. So good for the Cowboys. I think they'll carry some momentum. Going to be a tough matchup with, uh, going to San Francisco. The seeds work out kind of funny there because you think that they kind of just go down the, the pie chart. But with the Giants winning, the Giants 
jump over the, the Cowboys and go to Philly instead of the Cowboys going to Philly. So if, what I'm saying is if the Vikings would have won, the Cowboys would have to travel to Philadelphia, which is a divisional matchup, which is a harder game to win. I'm not saying that they're better by any means than the Niners, or that's an easier matchup, but I do think it's a little bit more of like a neutral matchup, if you will. Well, football, Ty Brooks Duana is joining us uh, here in studio on ESPN Radio, uh, presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, let's talk about this week's lines. Then here's your Saturday slate. you got the fourth-seeded Jags at the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday at 2.30. The New York Giants go to Philadelphia for an NFC East showdown, 6.15 on Saturday. Sunday, the Bengals play at the Bills uh, at 1 p.m. And then 4.30, you got the Cowboys at the Niners. Is that a little matinee? Is that what they call it? Uh, yeah, a little matinee for sure. Um Let's start in reverse order then because I think that there is a, a, an interesting storyline that could influence the numbers and the betting here. Dallas played Monday night. San Francisco played the first game Saturday. Dallas played the last game of the playoffs. So uh, basically two days extra rest for San Francisco against uh, the Cowboys. The 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46-and-a-half. What do you think? Well, the hook is obviously not great for the Niners, but... You know, I thought that was the right line. I, I kind of guessed at four and a half um, with with the Niners laying those points. I I think the Niners will take will win this game. Obviously, as you guys have heard me say, I'm trying to buy that down below the field goal. Yeah. The two numbers I really like in the NFL this year are one and a half and five and a half yeah. with the missed field goals and, and all of the different things that can happen. You can score one and two points in the NFL now more than you ever could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take into consideration, one and a half and two and a half are both good, but one and a half has saved me several times this year. So yeah. think about it. Look at the odds. You know, don't give away too much money, but two and a half is fine. Um, but I like it at five and a half too. I, I think that the Niners win this game. Um, their run defense is strong, and the, the the Cowboys, if you force them to really try to win with Dak's arm, he will make a mistake or two. Well, he, Dak and Brock Purdy are probably pretty equal right now as far as their the margin of error for them to make a mistake, win or lose a game. But Brock Purdy's, you know, he's rolling. Um, the other thing that was really interesting, Coulter, that you might have not seen or be too privy to, but on Monday night, the Dallas Cowboys rolled against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they missed four extra points. Right. Brett Mayer, I believe is how you say his name. Good fantasy asset. I think he finished fourth or fifth overall in points per game at the kicker position. Uh, he missed four extra points. It was the talk of the town as far as the the Tuesday press conference today. Uh, Mike McCarthy, head coach for the Cowboys, was asked several times, are you guys in search of a new kicker? Uh, this is a playoff. You can't miss four extra points. You're losing every game you play in in games that you're not blowing someone out. So that was super interesting. The the other one that I think is very fascinating because of the volatility of Josh Allen and the the now sample size that we have that Cincinnati is a, a great playoff team with Joe Burrow at the helmet quarterback and Zach Taylor as the head coach is that game in Buffalo. I mean, I think that Buffalo has has found ways to win so often this year, but they definitely left something to be desired, whereas the Bengals have continued to get better as the year's gone on, and they've looked really good down the stretch. So what do you think of that one? The Bills minus 5.5, and and, uh, 48.5 is the over-under. I love the Bengals in this game. I said before the playoffs that the Bengals were going to smash the Bills in in the divisional round. Um, I'm still sticking with that. I think the game that got canceled with the DeMar Hamlin injury, I think that the Bengals were rolling in that game, up 7-0 with the ball. Um, Things were going well. I I think the Bengals are going to take that game um, for a variety of reasons, but mostly it's some unstoppable weapons. I love what the Bills have on the outside. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, 
uh, it starts to kind of end there for me. The uh, the trio, yeah. the trio, or rather, Yadin, Joe Mixon, and Samaji P. Ryan in the backfield of the receiving core for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean Jamar Chase, arguably the, you know one of the two or three best receivers in the league. Totally. T. Higgins and then Tyler Boyd, who's nasty in the slot. I love everything about that. I think that if you're going to get in a shootout, which it's very likely going to happen in this game, or at least you know some points scored. Five and a half. I love the Bengals there. Also a good teaser opportunity just to tease the Bengals up to cover seven and a half. Right. Plus seven and a half there. Bengals can lose by a, a touchdown and you're still good. I like that teaser opportunity uh, to pair that with maybe a winner on Saturday. Old football all the time. Sportsbet Montana. Visit Sportsbet Montana's website to find a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. How about the, the Saturday games? The, uh, the Chiefs. The road goes through Arrowhead, uh, as it has for the last handful of years. Kansas City's minus 8.5-point favorites. Uh, the over-under is five, or 53.5. And then uh, the night game on Saturday, the Giants at the Eagles. The Eagles have been so good all year, but the Giants have a lot of momentum coming into this game. And it's a divisional game, and as we saw in the first round, those divisional matchups are pretty close, right? I mean, Bills and Dolphins and, and uh, Bengals and Ravens and Seahawks Niners were all close for at least a half. Two out of those three were close all the way down to the, the wire. So um, what do we think of those two Saturday matchups? I think that they're some of the worst values of the year. Um, eight and a half is a terrible line, folks, and seven and a half is not much better. Yeah. I guessed the Chiefs-Jags game to be nine and a half. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what I was thinking. So eight and a half being lower is positive. Still, you can tease it down if you wanted to to get through the three there and get below the field goal. Um I like the Chiefs to win that game. I, I'm not totally sold on on that eight and a half, obviously. So I mentioned this last week, Coulter. I told everybody, if you like something, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you need to go get it. Yeah. Because the Bills opened at 10 and a half, it went down to nine and a half, and it finished at 13 and a half. If you waited till Sunday morning, you could not bet the Bills. You could not get the Bills to the winning value, period, on points. You could have bet the money line, no value in that either. So both of these lines being so high is Vegas trying to, you know, put the brakes on some of these these beautiful teasers. If that line gets up above 10, again, you can't get through the field goal and you're screwed there. So if you like eight and a half or you want to get that down toward, towards the field goal, go ahead and do that with the Chiefs. With the Eagles, take it down a point. Just get it to under a touchdown. I like the Eagles to win that culture, but if there is an underdog on the board, I don't consider the Bengals an underdog um, in that matchup against the Bills. I think that the, they're very evenly matched teams and the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year. The Bengals have played better this year on the NFL slate in a tougher division um, than, than, the, than the Bills. So I don't call the Bengals an underdog, but the Giants are an underdog. And if there is an underdog on this board and there was a chance for them to win, it really would be the Giants. Right. Uh, a rivalry game. They're playing with momentum. Saquon looks healthy. Daniel Jones is playing out of his mind. Um, that 7.5 is, is too high for me. Um, if you want to take it down, I still like the Eagles to win that game, but I would not go anywhere near over a touchdown. Um, my favorite bet of the week, not favorite, Colter, but one I really like, is you take that five and a half for the Bengals, tease it to ten and a half, and the Giants are seven and a half, tease it to ten and a half. So Bengals Giants plus ten and a half each for wow. minus a, minus a hundred. Pretty darn good. Go find that Sportsbet Montana machine near you. Visit Sportsbet Montana's website. Click on locations, and then uh, also want to download the Sportsbet Montana app. You can track the lines, the over unders, all that stuff. In real time, anything left to add here on this NFL bank? It's like crazy that there's just uh, 
four games this weekend, and then we'll be down to two. It's amazing how fast it just evaporates. Uh, the only thing I would have to add, Coulter, is that the over-unders have been really interesting throughout the NFL season. Lots yeah. of unders have yeah. hit. We're looking at over 58% of unders. And then they've been ro- rolling with overs all playoffs. All playoffs, man. I guess one weekend. Four and two are the overs. Four games in the 60s, Coulter, out of the six games this last weekend. So don't be scared to hit some of those overs, especially on, again, our magic numbers, 51 and a half or so. Um, if you have numbers in the 40s, 48, 46, I mean, those are those are looking positive to hit the overs. You want us now? ESPN Radio, all football, all the time, presented by Sports Bet Montana. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on this e- the eve of the uh, divisional playoff round in the NFL. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Thanks. All football all the time presented by Sports Bet Montana. Go find a Sports Bet Montana kiosk by going to the Sports Bet Montana website and clicking on locations. Also, get the app in your life. More rivalry game talk. Chris Cobb, associate head coach of the Grizz men's basketball team, next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Been a minute since we caught up with our next guest. One of the most interesting parts about the Grizz basketball team that you might not know is there's a whole bunch of babies. (laughs) Chris Cobb, associate men's head basketball coach. Jay Flores, Zach Payne, all three assistants have had new babies in the last couple years. And Anand Moody, one of the uh, starting guards for the Grizz. Also, his wife just had a new uh, baby as well uh, just a couple months ago. Maybe even not even that. Maybe Yeah, probably about two months ago. Regardless, uh, they're all sharing in that experience and uh, certainly a, a lot to juggle when you're playing D1 college hoops, uh, but a worthwhile one. Montana hosts Montana State rivalry game, 7 p.m. Dahlberg Arena tomorrow night. Rivalry week. We're down here at Dahlberg Arena catching up with a bunch of people from Grizz Hoops. Joined now by Grizz men's basketball associate head coach Chris Cobb. Coach, first of all, how you been, man? How's the how's the family? Because I know that that's kind of a common theme around here, right? A lot of new babies, and now you've even got a player with a new baby too. We're uh, yeah, that's uh, we're making babies around here. That's the deal. <laughs> um, yeah, we're growing we're growing the population here in Missoula, so people can show up to all the good restaurants and food downtown. Yeah, no, we're good. It, it uh, I'll tell you what, the the kids help me uh, balance the frustrations and the intensity of life. Right, you show up and you're pretty disappointed and pretty down after. After uh, Eastern Washington game, and then my son wakes up and wants pancakes, and I've got to, uh, I've got to be a dad, and I've got to be right. So um, it's helped me mellow out just a little bit. So yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, it has been a little bit of an up and down conference season for you guys so far. You're undefeated on Saturdays, but the game, the days other than Saturday have been a little bit uh, interesting for you guys. I mean, what what's the thing that you guys need to do to just find a little bit more uh, consistency? I think discipline. Uh, I think. There's a lot of things that go into it, right, culture. Like I think, uh, I think showing up with the right mentality Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, knowing that you got to play well Thursday. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of bad, some bad breaks. It's uh, you know, I think anytime you know, I, I think back to a lot of the years that we won the league or we won thir- whatever it was. You have some things go right at the end of games, um, and you know, I remember like you know, Trav. I said, God. 
the play at the end of the game against Weber was maybe in my 14 years of coaching, the you know the one of the hardest ones to swallow, one of the worst ones for you. I mean, that's a, that's a one in a million. To have a second left on the clock and you still the inbounds to hit the three. I mean, that's seriously odds wise one in a million. It's it's <laughs> tough. And then you know, and then Trav says, "Well, hey, we you know we stole the ball on the end line. Fab stole the ball on the yeah. end line one year and threw the ball back in. and We win the game. So there's you know we we remember the ones that you know I think sometimes can go against you. Sure. Um, but I, I think we're close. You know, I think we've had a lead. I, th- I think they throw statistics out here. We've had a lead at the seven minute mark in all the games or whatever it is. Um, are we close? Yes. Does that matter? No, it doesn't. Right. Unfortunately, cool. you got to win the game. So. Um, we got to keep getting better. We got to have good focus, uh, but it's we're not that far off. We just you know we got to stay optimistic. We can rattle off a few in a row here. Basketball more than any other sport. Continuity, chemistry, you know, knowing how to play with the guys on your team is so important. And you guys have had whether it's because of injury, illness, uh, you know, on and Moody's wife having a baby, like all sorts of different life stuff happens, right? But I think that what I think you're up to maybe six or seven games we've had the same kind of starting lineup and core eight guys to, to kind of go to. So I mean, does it take an element of patience to kind of see when these guys kind of coalesce and come together? Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. I think the one thing that it's allowed us to do is you've seen as guys go in and out of the lineup or someone's sick or someone's hurt, uh, I think it's allowed us to get um, a little deeper. I think Josh Vasquez is playing some of his best basketball that he's played uh, the last few weeks, and he had to do that because Brandon Whitney was out of the lineup for a week and a half being sick, right? right. He was he just really couldn't play. So um, I think that when you look at uh, what that's done, maybe that uh, it, you know that curse is a little bit of a blessing here in a couple weeks where we need depth and we need to know what we've got with some guys uh, here getting in towards the end of fe- January and into February. So yes, it's been frustrating. It's been really hard to find consistent lineups and consistent uh, play. But uh, it is what it is, right? And everyone's got to deal with it. And, um, and then sometimes you get luckier than others certain years. Chris Cobb, University of Montana men's basketball, joining us here on Nuanas Now. You've been around this uh, league now for almost a decade, so what do you think of the big sky this year? It's crazy because at first it was almost disorienting watching some of these teams. You guys actually have more familiar faces than almost anybody in the league, right? Eastern does a little bit too, but then you see some of these other teams, you're like, well, I know Dylan Jones. Who the hell are all the rest of these guys, right? Same thing with a lot of teams in this league. So, I mean, what do you think of just sort of the the way the big sky is fitting into the national picture? Because I feel like there's a lot of ebbs and flows in terms of roster across the country. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, right? Like, we, I kind of have always associated Eastern Washington with high school kids, right? Redshirt them, groom them, get better. You look at their lineup. You look at the whole thing's transfers. transfers, And so, and then probably I get you got price, or you know, and and the whole deal. But it's, it's, it's all transfers, and so I think. yeah, it's a very interesting look. It's very interesting to see. You don't know who's going to be good. You don't know who's going to be bad. Eastern had a tough non-conference. Started to figure it out towards the end of it and really is playing well. Um, I think you can go in stretches, right, uh, where you can win five, six games in a row or whatever. You see Idaho and Montana State the other night. I think the one thing about the Big Sky that since I've been here, there used to be where you were going to show up and you knew you were going to be able to sweep a team. Like you are going to be able to sweep three or four of the teams at the sure. bottom. Right. Um, I don't think it's that way anymore. I don't think that uh, you just show up and you just feel like, okay, we're going to go to this place and, and beat them and they're going to come to our place and beat them. you got to be right and you got to be ready. I think our guys uh, you know, need to understand when people come here, it's a huge game. Like, this is by far the best environment. It's the best arena to play in. Montana's been good for the last 30 years. So uh, you're going to get every team's best. Um, so you better show up ready to go, and I don't care who you're playing, the best team or the worst team in the standings, you better be ready to go. 
We got the uh, defending Big Sky Conference champions coming in here on Saturday, and it's a rivalry game on top of that. So, uh, but Montana State stubbed their toe on on Monday against uh, Idaho and Moscow. So, what do you think of the Cats coming in here on Saturday? I think in the last three seasons, I think he started. Coach Sprinkle started his uh, kind of evolution of the program. His first year, you could tell. Last year, they were the most passionate, competitive. Uh, and together for the front of their jersey out of anybody in the league. That's yep. why they want it. That's yep. why they want it. Um, I think they're the same this season. He obviously gets them to play incredibly hard. Um, I don't think we were ready for it in Bozeman last year. I thought we were very much ready for the challenge and ready here. Um, and I think that you're going to see two teams on Saturday night play that way. I think they're both. we're both coming off losses. We're both probably not exactly stoked where we're at in the standings. Um, and I think we're both pretty good. So I think that it'll be a good uh, chess match. I think both teams will uh, be ready to go. And, and we have a lot of respect for them. We know how good they are. We know how big of a deal this is to the community, to our campus, to our athletic department, to our program. Um, and we're excited that he's brought that to their program because it, it, it brings the best, hopefully, out of us. It's definitely one of the best things for the state of Montana. Last thing for you, then. Everybody knows about Jabril Bello. He's such a force in the middle. Everybody knows about Raekwon Battle. He's such a great athlete. Is there an X factor for Montana State? Or I mean, I, I, you know, you always have the top. A couple guys on the scouting report. You guys are so good at usually taking those guys and limiting them. So, I mean, is there somebody that you have to not rise, let rise up and beat you when you're talking about Montana State? Yeah, I think if you watch them, like last year, I thought the guy that really, really spurred them, like their emotional catalyst, I thought they had a few, right? Mahama was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bishop was... Uh, was fantastic for them last year. Um, I think Darius Brown is very similar for them this year. I think he's a huge factor. I think you can watch that when he's playing well, they're tough to beat. I think Tyler Patterson's been in the game, you know, a few, you know, a couple times. Uh, he obviously has the ability to jump up, and make five or six threes. Um, so, I, and I, I always think this culture, there's always somebody that steps up in these games and yep. that you don't think is going to be the guy that ends up being the guy, but Darius Brown would be the guy that I think um, when you look at kind of how Coach Sprinkle runs their offense and what uh, he he expects out of them, he's somebody that is a big factor and a big key that we have to make sure doesn't play really well and get comfortable. Montana State at Montana, 7 o'clock, Dahlberg Arena. If you haven't got a ticket, go get one. They're going fast. Chris Cobb, University of Montana Associate, head men's basketball coach uh, here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Culture. 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Those are your rivalry times for tomorrow. But also, Grizz Hockey's back. 8.30 puck drop tonight and uh, 8 o'clock puck drop tomorrow. You want tickets for tomorrow's game? We got four-pack plus a pitcher of beer. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Fastest to the draw. Caller number one. Four tickets plus a pitcher of beer. You pick them up at Katie O'Keefe's. Call now, 888-1029. Back after this. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Radio. Oh, this one just flew by. Fun week, fun show. Thanks for hanging out. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Missed anything on the show? You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store. Need to get geared up before the rivalry game tomorrow? Head on down to the M Store. Uh, we got a doubleheader 
The ladies, Montana State at Montana, uh, 2 p.m. And then the guys, uh, Bobcats at Grizz, 7 p.m. at the M Store. They are all Grizz all the time, located there at the corner of Broadway and Higgins. And uh, the Nuwana Now podcast, also presented by the MSU Bookstore. Also a great place to get your gear if you're on the Bobcat side of things. You can swing by there before you make the trip over here. And uh, you can always get geared up there at the MSU Bookstore. All of uh, today's show and every Nuanas Now is available on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by both the M Store and the MSU Bookstore and available on all of your podcast hosting networks. Uh, tomorrow, uh, today and tomorrow, Grizz Hockey Tickets, or excuse me, Grizz Hockey, <laughs> Grizz Hockey, we had tickets, we gave them away, uh, If you need somewhere to watch the game, though, they got it on at Buffalo Wild Wings. So uh, go over there, check them out. They're right across the street from us here at Radio Way. And uh, they'll have the games on 8.30 uh, tonight and uh, 8 p.m. tomorrow uh, for Grizz Hockey back at Glacier Ice Rink at uh, a traditional time. We will be back at it at 4 p.m. on Monday. Well, you will have uh, recaps of all the rivalry action, plus whatever else goes on around the Big Sky Conference and around the state of Montana in high school sports. And it will also have full analysis of everything that goes down in the NFL uh, this upcoming weekend as well. Four games in the divisional round, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So we'll be down to the conference championship field by the time we are back on the air. We'll see you at 4 p.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 montanaadvocates.com.